From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit, a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her guest lineup of authors, healers, educators, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Each week, Sherrianna and her team of experts share remarkable insights about life, spirit, manifesting, and more. Hey, Just Ask Spirit listeners, are you tired of trying to figure out this manifesting thing? If so, you have got to check out my new book. It's called Energy in Action. And inside, you're going to find 52 manifesting practices to help you ignite your ability to create a life of peace and freedom. And if you're looking for a way to practice these skills with others, you may want to join my weekly Ray of Light membership. This is where we meet virtually to keep our manifesting juices going. Find the book, Energy in Action, and membership at SherriannaBoyle.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sherrianna Boyle. I'm the host of the show If you're new to the show, welcome, warm welcome to you. If you've been listening every week, many of you have been saying how much the show is helping you, how much you enjoy it. And I'm just so grateful that you listen, that you keep the show going. And without you, there is no show if you're not listening. The other piece I want to mention is the Just Ask Spirit Marketplace. That's a place that you can go that those are sponsors of the show. And I'd love it if you check out who's in the marketplace. There's a few of our authors. There's the author of Mindful Beauty. There's Carmen Turner Schott's books there. She's our resident astrologist. There's my latest book, Energy in Action, which you can check out as well as my cleanse method certification, where I train people and I certify you in the method that I use in my coaching, in my life and by my business. I use it for everything. And I would love an opportunity to train you as well. So today, today is about resiliency. Resiliency. It is really, it's all about resiliency and getting through hard times, especially when those hard times are unpredictable. You don't see it coming. Those are the, some of the toughest moments. I know I've been through those moments in my life. Didn't see it coming, at least not consciously didn't see it coming. And we're going to be learning from a guest of mine who's going to be here in just a moment on some tips and insights and things to think about to help hold your faith. And faith is a big part of it during those times, because sometimes we can either go two ways. We can get stronger and have more faith, or we can lose our faith during those times. And I hope that you don't lose your faith. I hope that you stay strong and you believe that you believe that on the other side of whatever it is that you're going through, or maybe someone else is going through, or many people are going through, that you believe that you have faith. You have faith in in goodness, in light, in humanity, in God. Whatever it is, I just hope that you hold on to faith. And I know that my guest, today's guest, feels the same way. And I'm going to introduce you to this guest right after the break. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherry Anna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherry Anna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherry Anna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. Sherrianna Boyle is all about empowering you. Her life has centered around mindful approaches to healing the mind and body. Her main belief, your emotions matter, processing them matters more. As a special and adjunct psychology professor, she is the author of 10 books that can help empower lives. From her new book on manifesting, Energy in Action, Emotional Detox, Emotional Detox Now, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, Mantras Made Easy, to the Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety, there is certainly a book there for you. Find yours at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking, Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Imagine if you had a daily practice for processing your emotions that could help you get through past and present challenges. Well, now you do. My new book, Emotional Detox Now, 135 Self-Guided Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit is out in the world. It includes my signature cleanse system, a mindful practice to help you clear all those toxic reactions so you can begin to feel joy, peace, and ease again. Grab your copy today at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Mike Noriga, welcome to Just Ask Spirit. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored. <laughs> and well, I was intrigued by your story, Mike. That's that's really what it was. I, I like the, the title of your book, which is called Uncollapsible Soul, Everyone. And I like, I was intrigued quite frankly, about what you went through and sounds like you have a lot of wisdom to share. So why don't you share a little bit with the audience, a little bit about you, because I'm curious, previous to the what you're going to discuss with us, 
were you an author or was, is this just something you wanted to write about because you went through a traumatic event? Yeah. So I have made many uh, goals and dreams lists and vision boards. Never once has anything on there been anything remotely close to writing a book. I've never wanted to be an author. To be honest with you, I still struggle with telling people that I'm an author because uh, I'm an entrepreneur by trade. Uh, I have, I've had a business in the financial services industry for 20 years, teaching people how to properly manage their money so that their money doesn't manage them. And uh, I just was for so many years trying to chase my calling. And what happened was on June 24th of 2021, there was a building just north of Miami Beach and it just collapsed in the middle of the night. It was called Champlain Tower South. And you may know of the tragic event as the Surfside condo collapse. There were 101 Robert, people that were what, in that building. What year was this, Mike? 2021. 2021. Okay. Go ahead. So there were uh, 101 people that were in the building, most of them sleeping, when it just came crumbling down in an avalanche. 98 of them died. My grandmother, who was the matriarch of our family, was in the middle of it. She was the she was the 12th person found on the sixth day. And so I, I say that because that tragic, traumatic collapse, it, it changed my life. And I had been chasing my calling. And what I realized after that is that calling was chasing me. That uh, my, you know, I learned that one of my favorite authors is Mark Batterson. And he has a quote that says that, um, that an inheritance is what you leave behind for someone, but a legacy is what you leave behind in someone. Mm. And my grandmother had left so much in me, so much love. Uh, she just had mm. the energy of a teenager. She had the love of God in her heart and she had uh, the social life of a high schooler. I mean, my grandmother lived alone in the building at the age of 92 years old. And she, it took a building to take her down. It was so symbolic of her soul. And so what lives on of her is what lives on in me. And so I felt a calling to write this book, not just to honor my grandmother's legacy, not just to honor the 97 other people that perished in that collapse and not, and not even the, the rescue workers that I watched on the front lines for six days that risked their lives. But I wrote it because there are so many people out there that were not involved with the Surfside collapse, but everybody at some point in their life goes through a collapse mm -hmm. where it can be in the form of a betrayal. It can be in the form of a breakup, a bodily breakdown. It comes in so many different forms. And so the whole idea behind it was, I don't want this, this just to be motivation for someone. I want this to be inspiration because motivation comes from the outside. Inspiration comes from the inside. And so the whole idea of the book is from building personal relationships from a collection of stories from people that were within the building that either passed away or actually survived the fall. 
I learned very valuable principles to healing that I applied into my own life that I wrote about. And so there's very practical handles of how can you go through things in life where it feels like your world is collapsing so that you can actually heal. And so the subtitle of the book is how do you endure a broken heart without crushing your spirit? Wow. That's a, that's amazing. So they found your grandmother, did you say on the 12th day? Uh, she was the 12th person found on person. the sixth day. Yeah. On the sixth day. I can't imagine what those six days were like for you. I mean, it just, I, I you know, Mike, I had heard something about it, but I had no idea. I mean, there's so many things in the news that we hear about that people don't, that, you know, you hear about it and then they move on to the next thing. And I had no idea that it was that many people involved and that it, so it just fell this building. It just crumbled in the middle of the night. And it is just to give you an idea, it is the third most fatal structural failure in U S history. And it is the, by far the largest emergency response in the history of Florida. That's not hurricane related. So this was something that Did you find out what 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 made that building collapse. Did they were they able to figure that out? I mean, I don't know how you do once it's in shambles. So every single piece of rubble, of metal, of everything was extracted from the location and was taken to a facility or multiple facilities and has been examined forensically. And they're trying to figure that out. So it's already over two years into this investigation. Mm -hmm. um, what we do know is that it was preventable. What we do know is that it shouldn't have happened. And what we do know is my grandmother, along with the 97 other people, they didn't die. They were killed. There's mm -hmm. a difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and mm -hmm. yes, building stronger buildings and having better infrastructure, that is so, so important. But even if another tragic building failure does not happen again, or structural failure, mm -hmm. that's not going to prevent collapses from happening, happening around us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think there's a big difference in life from you being in a storm mm -hmm. versus a storm being in you. Mm -hmm. Your world can be collapsing around you without your soul being collapsed. Mm. And so I think really where I focused on my book is that you, we don't have a soul. What we have is a body. You are a soul. I am a soul. Everybody mm. listening to this is a soul. Mm -hmm. So when you can go through things, you know, I, I, I wrote my book based on a scripture, uh, Psalm thirty four eighteen, mm. And I had heard it so many times throughout my life. There was across the street from the collapse, there was what became known as the wall of hope. Mm. And it really just became this memorial wall of everybody that was missing in hopes that they would find people that would survive. But it was one city block of pictures hung on a fence, flowers, uh, I mean, personal belongings. It became like this community grief prayer wall and right in the middle of all of that mm -hmm. was this giant banner and it said psalm 34 18 the lord is near to the brokenhearted 
and rescues those that are crushed in spirit. Mm. That, it didn't hit me immediately, but afterwards, that verse hit me in such a profound way. Yeah. Because I realized that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. It doesn't say he's trying to rescue you away from being brokenhearted, mm-hmm. but he is trying to rescue you from a crushed spirit. Well, that must mean that those two things are dynamically different. Yeah. And what I learned is that a broken heart is just a part of life. Mm-hmm. That we are all going to go through loss in many different forms. And when you go through a loss, there is a grieving process that's attached to that. Mm. You know, like with my grandmother, she was gone, but my love for her was not gone. What, mm. what, did I, what do I do with that, right? And there was trauma attached to that and all kinds of different things. So we're all going to go through a broken heart, but mm-hmm. a crushed spirit. The Lord wants to rescue each and every single person under the, under the sound of my voice from that. Because a crushed spirit, that is losing your faith, your mm-hmm. hope, and your purpose. So That's true. like a well without water or a bird without wings. You just start existing where you start to lose everything by chasing nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted people to know that there is hope through heartbreak. That through my own personal story, you know, my this is off topic, but on topic, but my favorite movies slash trilogy in the history of humanity is the dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's about Batman, but the, the real story behind that is you have a man that loses everything and he finds purpose in the pain and he wants to become something of legacy. He wants to become a symbol. And so the theme around the movies becomes, why do we fall? And the answer in that movie is, so we can learn to get back up. Mm-hmm. But what I believe in this book, I think I have a, a much more direct surgical response to it. And I think the reason that we fall is because we find our calling through falling. That mm-hmm. it's not the end of our story, but it's mm-hmm. the beginning of a new chapter. And when we go through trials and heartbreak and pain and loss, that that's not the reason to, to, to stop. That's not the reason to give up. That's a setback is really a setup for a comeback that a yeah. breakdown is a setup for a breakthrough. Thank you, Mike. I, I relating so much and I'm sure the listeners are relating so much. What one, the first point I want to make is I'm so relating to how you were drawn to scripture because, you know, when I went through my crisis, mine was more of an emotional crisis. I, was very, I found myself very drawn to scripture and I've, I've always had a strong faith and I've always been very open to all different religions and, you know, backgrounds and spirituality and all that. But scripture and particularly I turned to it and I wrote about it in emotional detox. I, there's a lot of scripture in that book and I got some flack for that. I'm sure you're going to get flack for having it in your book too, because some people will say, Oh, there's too much scripture. <laughs> Right. But what what I understand and what you're saying is it's when you go through these traumatic events, people have to understand that scripture. It it there is something about it during that time that it it is like getting a life preserver. Those little pieces, those little those they're not little, they're so meaningful, those scriptures. And and how you're also saying the second point I can relate to. 
is how that was life-changing for me. That time where I fell so hard, thought I was falling so hard and it really was finding my calling. And I love all these little sayings you have that we find our calling through falling. And that's how I found, well, I was already in my calling, but I just got a little bit more anchored and a little bit more focused from it. And I really knew my calling after my fall. So I, I just wanted to point that out, Mike, because I think sometimes people understand traumatic events. It's very common for people to turn to help them heal to, to scripture and their faith. And I think that's why I was drawn to your story because that I love that uncollapsible soul piece. And, and here we are metaphorically talking about a whole building collapsing. And, and so, so here you are. Uh, that wasn't very long ago. I mean, we're talking 2021. It's 2023. So it's only been a couple years. Where are you at with your grief today? That's such a loaded question because I went through a very, I, I went through the grieving process, mm-hmm. but in writing the book. So w- one thing that's, that's essential to understand about my personal story, especially in the book is that my father uh, was the chief of police for the city of Miami beach. He worked there for almost 30 years and retired and then became the chief of police of a small Miami town called North Bay village. It's, just a, a, a few minutes away from Surfside where the collapse was. And this was my father's mother that was in the building, my last remaining grandparent, his last remaining parent. And when all of these families, now it was a partial collapse. So it was about, there was 136 units in the condo building mm-hmm. and 55 of them went down. So there was a lot of people that survived that were in the section of the building that did not go down. But every single person that lived in the building that either survived the fall or was family of the fallen or was in the building that didn't uh, fall down, every single one of them was placed at a family reunification center, um, which was uh, a hotel down the street. For my family and I, because of my father being uh, a first responder and, and a political figure, we were not, I didn't meet any of the family members. We were just on the front lines with the first responders for just six whole days, just watching them dig and watching them risk their lives and put out fires and watching. Now, was this your father's mother? Yes. Okay. Wow. So we were, we were watching, you know, falling debris from the remaining building that could kill any one of those first responders that were down on ground zero searching for, for survivors. And I say all that to say that, I never connected with the families. Like many of you listening, a lot of the stories you know from Surfside were news stories. And what I've learned is that there's a huge difference from knowing about someone to knowing someone. Mm -hmm. Knowing about someone doesn't create intimacy. Mm -hmm. But building a relationship with someone, that builds intimacy because our heartstrings connect with one another. And it wasn't until about eight or nine months after the collapse that I was added onto a WhatsApp chat with all the survivors and family members. And I started to 
get to know these families and these people one-on-one. And I had to start the grieving process all over again because I only lived through the, the trauma of the Surfside collapse from one perspective. But I started reliving it through so many other perspectives, you know, I, I mean, for many, many hours a day as I was writing about them. Mm-hmm. And it just became something where I had to go through the grieving process almost every single day in ways, reliving it, but from a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And so, but to, to me, you know, one of the, the lies of the world that is taught is that all things heal with time. That's just simply not true. All things get buried with time. But the truth is, is that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. I mean, when you play peekaboo with a child to the Mm -hmm. child, just because they can't see you, well, they think you've disappeared, that you're gone. But in reality, you're still there. They just don't acknowledge it. And that's what we do with trauma and pain and loss. We avoid the healing process. And the reason that we do it is healing hurts. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. But the, tr- the other side of that is that healing is worth the hurt because if you do not face your pain, your pain will face you. That's just the way that it works. And so you have to... They're both going to hurt. Which one's going to bring you a reward? Mm-hmm. Which one's going to set you free? Which one is going to set those around you free? Which, by the way, spoiler, spoiler alert, that is where your calling is. Mm-hmm. It's always on the other side of your fear. Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, you know, going back to what you said, um, I want to be very clear. This, this is, this, I am a Christian, mm-hmm. but this is not a Christian book. But as you're reading it, you might think, oh, this is a Christian book. Mm-hmm. No, it's not at all. But mm-hmm. time, there are some situations that each and every single one of us will face mm-hmm. that no man can save you. No person can come to your rescue. No first responder can, can be your hero. There are times in life that you can only call upon the name of God. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly where I found myself upon the shock of that devastating and, and terrible scene. So I don't want anybody to think that as you're reading my book that I'm trying to preach at you or as you're listening to this conversation that I'm preaching at you. But I do want you to know my heart because in order for me to, to live in alignment with myself and in integrity, I can't separate my core beliefs from my storytelling, you know, just so everyone is clear. uh, I respect everyone's different beliefs. Mm -hmm. The reason that I have personally chosen to be a Christian is because in my opinion, every single faith that exists out there is all about man trying to get to God, man trying to bridge the gap, whether that's through works or being good enough or through traditions I believe, like, the the reason for my faith is I don't believe I have to get to God. I believe that God came to us in the form of Jesus because we could never get to him. Because we're imperfect human beings and he's a perfect God. That being said, a big premise around my book is that 
I believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. So that means that he could have chosen to opt out of suffering. And one of the things that I highlight in my book is that um, Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he had actually verbally announced it to those around him two times that, that Lazarus is about to live again. And uh, everybody around him was weeping and they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Jesus will live again in heaven. And Jesus meant it in the sense that, no, he's going to live again right now. Jesus could have used that as a teaching moment to say, ye of little faith, I just told you, why are you still weeping? He didn't do that. The shortest verse in all of scripture is Jesus wept and it was right there. Why would Jesus weep if he knows that he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead? It doesn't even make sense, but it does make sense if you understand the heart of God, because what breaks our hearts breaks God's heart. Gotcha. And Jesus chose not to opt out of suffering. And so my point is, is that when you suffer, you can invite God into your suffering because he doesn't sympathize with you. He empathizes with you. I like that. Thank you. So when you invite God into your suffering, he doesn't sympathize with you. He empathizes you. That's beautiful. Yes, his presence is the rescue. His presence is the rescue. Look at you. Beautiful job. You know, I, I think what you're pointing out, Mike, and we do have to take a break in just a moment, is you're pointing out that grief doesn't just disappear when you say the time thing. It could be 20 years from now and you could watch a movie or hear a song or just have some kind of gentle reminder of your loved one and you might find yourself weeping going, why am I weeping? It's been so long. But I agree with you that grief it it will come and go, right? And and that's normal and that's healthy. I too, you know, with my emotional detox moment, I call it, um, it led to this whole thing of me really teaching people about emotions. But that grief part, it does come and go. There, there it will get. There will be longer periods of time, or maybe less intense. But we have these reminders when we come back from the break, Mike. Um, I'd love you to talk about on the other side of fear, because people, you've mentioned it a few times, that your calling is on the other side of fear. So I'd love you to get more clarity on how that looks to the everyday person, what that, um, maybe give us some examples of what that looks like. If you're just joining us on the radio, I'm speaking with Mike. Noriga, and he's the author of Uncollapsible Soul, How How you endure a broken heart without crushing your spirit. We'll be right back after the break. Hang in there. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Sherrianna Boyle is all about empowering you. Her life has centered around mindful approaches to healing the mind and body. Her main belief, your emotions matter, processing them matters more. As a special and adjunct psychology professor, she is the author of 10 books that can help empower lives. From her new book on manifesting, Energy in Action, Emotional Detox, 
Emotional Detox Now The Four Gifts of Anxiety Mantras Made Easy To the Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety There is certainly a book there for you. Find yours at sherryannaboyle.com Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking, Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Imagine if you had a daily practice for processing your emotions that could help you get through past and present challenges. Well, now you do. My new book, Emotional Detox Now, 135 Self-Guided Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit is out in the world. It includes my signature cleanse system, a mindful practice to help you clear all those toxic reactions so you can begin to feel joy, peace, and ease again. Grab your copy today at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome to, well, welcome to, welcome back to Just Us Spirit. I'm Sherry Anna Boyle. And today my special guest is Mike Noriega. He wrote the book called Uncollapsible Soul. How do you endure a broken heart without crushing your spirit? So before the break, talking about getting on the other side of fear and knowing you've mentioned that a few times, Mike, on the other side of fear is your calling. So what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that first and foremost, healing is not a moment. Uh, Healing is not something that can be skipped over or avoided. Like I mentioned earlier, Uh, burying it doesn't mean that it's gone. And so uh, throughout my book, I have what I call the five requisites to restoration. And that is, it's basically very, very practical handles and simple steps that somebody can follow that are easy to understand that no matter how traumatic what you have gone through is, that if you follow this, you will get to the other side of healing. And so I would love to run through that with you. Um, I call it, huh? Go ahead. So I call them the five requisites to restoration because we've all been in school. And when you have a prerequisite, you must take that class before you can actually go to the next class. Well, mm-hmm. each, each requisite, it's a prerequisite to the next one. And so um, I really believe that Jesus spoke in parables because the way our minds were designed is we don't think in words. We actually think in, in pictures. It's almost like a cinematic experience. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as I'm going through this, I want to give you guys uh, a cinematic experience along with it. So instead of emotional healing as I'm talking about this, which I will refer to, 
think of physical healing. Let's say you're in the kitchen and you're cutting a tomato and you slice right through your hand. Oh, I mean, it's, that's a, a it's a big gash. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely a visual, right? That's a visual. Well, okay. If, if, you're, if you're bleeding because you just sliced your hand wide open, mm-hmm. the very first step to, to healing that wound is you would have to reveal it. In other words, you would have to recognize your heartbreak or acknowledge the pain, right? So recognizing your heartbreak is for an emotional wound. Acknowledging your pain is for a physical wound. Okay. So how do you recognize your heartbreak? Well, believe it or not, that sounds so obvious that if you're emotionally wounded, that you know it's you should acknowledge it. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people are under the 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 lie that if you bury it, it will go away. Because the truth is, for you to acknowledge it, you have to relive it. And if you're reliving it, it hurts. But like I mentioned earlier that healing is worth the hurt. So once you recognize it or acknowledge it, now you can go to the next step. You can relieve it, which means you need to respond to your grief. Or in our physical wound example, you have to address your pain. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean from the standpoint of your wound, of your physical wound? Well, you need to uh, stop the bleeding. Mm -hmm. if, if, If the knife was dirty, you need to wash that out. Maybe what you need to do is start driving to the hospital or call 911, right? You have to respond to it. Um, I say it this way. You should be your first, your first first responder, but not your only first responder. So that's another place where people get caught is they buy into the lie of isolation. Mm-hmm. Isolation is extremely unhealthy. Solitude is extremely healthy. What's the difference? Isolation is where you start to marinate in your pain. You Mm -hmm. are not, you're not isolating because you're trying to. Are you saying Mike? So just I'm clear because of that. I want to make sure we're clear on the relive your hurt part. I'm saying what I'm, what I'm hearing you say as part of the healing that you learned about was when you connected with those other folks And so when you connected, like you were healed, you had your angle. And then when you were connected with these families through the WhatsApp, now you're sort of reliving it through with them. Is that kind of the, what you mean in terms of reliving? I just want to clarify um, what that means for people. No, what I mean is just like you have to address the physical Mm -hmm. wound, for example, as you're addressing it, maybe you have to clean it out under with water and soap or yeah. with peroxide. Maybe you have to go to the hospital and they are going to have to stitch it up or maybe you have right. tendon and need surgery. Not the visual, Mike. <laughs> right? The physical. <laughs> go ahead. So, yeah. But the point is, is that addressing that physical wound, yeah. no matter what, it's going to hurt. No matter what avenue that is okay. the next step, it's going to hurt. So when you're actually addressing the wound, so when you're going into, uh, when you're meeting with a counselor or yeah. a therapist, when you're meeting with other family members to talk about the one thing that you don't want to talk about like I did, these are all examples of addressing okay. it. Got it. Right? Okay. Because when you address it, you relive the hurt. 
Okay. And that's I why people avoid I, it. I understand that. So we're in you mean when you're addressing it is you're going to someone talking about it, therapy, and you're you're going through it. And it could be, I get it. I mean, one of the, the ways that I can relate when I went through my emotional detox is we went to our reverend of our church. So we went as an entire family. Um, and that was our way of addressing was making a private appointment with the reverend of our church. That was one of the many ways to address it. So that's what you mean. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So the yes. next, the next tip. So that was the, the second one responding second. to your grief. And, and okay. what I was mentioning before is that because responding to your grief, addressing your pain does hurt. People tend to go to isolation and isolation just marinates in the problem. You're not looking for a solution and you're feeling like a victim. Solitude is going to your quiet place for the purpose of healing, meditating, praying, and there's a time limit on it. So, so my encouragement is solitude is healthy. Isolation is not. And because a lot of people don't want to respond to their grief, they stay in isolation and that's a form of burying it. So the third requisite is now you have to release it. You have to relinquish your anguish, which that just means you have to surrender your pain. So you kind of just hit on it. But in the example that I mentioned before, let's say you end up going to the hospital. Well, you got to surrender to the care of that medical professional Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be easy, but that's what you have to do if you really want to heal that wound. Otherwise, what will happen is it will get infected. And what's, what starts out. I don't do well with cuts and stuff, Mike. So that's why I'm like, (laughs) these visuals are killing me. I'm the type of person when somebody gets a cut, somebody else has to handle it. Right. Unless I'm the only one. So I I hope you're not the only one in the room. That person might bleed out and die. I don't know. (laughs) These bleeding examples are killing me. I'm like, I literally am the one like, don't show me. Don't show me. Okay. So anyway, we're, we're So I'll, I'll, I'll tone it down, but what that looks, what that looks like emotionally is this, what, what happens when we're dealing with trauma is your, the, the problem with bearing it is your soul, your spirit knows that your, your heart and your body are lying to yourself when you don't allow those words and feelings to exit your body. Mm-hmm. So the, the physical example that I give there is dialysis, right? Mm-hmm. The, our bodies were made to be able to pee out the toxins that our body is filtering. Well, when your kidneys stop working, that's what dialysis machines do. Mm-hmm. And nobody here should put their heart, their emotional heart, on dialysis where your emotions are so poisoned that it just releases itself as bitterness everywhere around you. And so my encouragement to everybody is that your mouth is the exit valve of all the pressure that's been building up inside of you. So whether you need to see a reverend, a rabbi, a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, you need to have a trusted source around you around you that you are relinquishing your anguish to because there is no healing if you keep that inside of you. Gotcha. Have you you know how people they, they they share something that's just been deep inside of them for so long 
And then they're afraid to say it, but then they finally say it. And then it comes out and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I got that off my chest. You know, the, it's interesting because I was at a woman's conference today and, and we do have about four minutes and um, coming up till the break. So, but I was at a women's uh, conference today uh, very briefly and they were doing like they had speakers on the thing. And someone in the audience asked a very personal, like, I don't know, it was like a question about like, you know, how did you handle your father figure or something like that? And I'm listening and I'm at this conference and I'm supposed to be being inspired, inspired, but I'm not really inspired. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't, I, I went to it. It was, it was, I, I said to my girlfriend that invited me to go with her. I said, it would have been better of rather than us listening to the speaker talk about that. It would have been better if that, if we were in groups. Yes. And here we are in groups of eight. And they let, they had us, gave us the question and we discussed that within our group and shared amongst each other because that's what you're saying. When you release it and you hear yourself talking about it, even with a group of strangers, there is something really healing about that. There's inspiration that comes out. So it wasn't that it was bad or wrong, but I, I could see where they could have shaped it differently. First of all, I couldn't even hear the person on the microphone. It was like the audio was terrible. It was just, it was meant for intimacy, yeah. right? And I think that's what you're saying is that intimacy yeah. part is a huge part of our release, being intimate with someone sharing your true feelings. So I don't want to interrupt you, but that's how I can relate to it today. <laughs> it, it, it's so true though, right? So so yeah. just to back up so we can wrap up yeah. thought in the next uh, yes. two minutes. Um, so first step, yeah. reveal it, recognize your heartbreak. Second one, relieve it, respond to your grief. Number three, release it, which is relinquishing your anguish. Step number four, you have to reframe it, which means you have to rename your pain. That, sorry to go back to it, but that wound that was oh, once called a wound. <laughs> once it is healed, okay, no right. longer called a wound. That's true. Scar, scar. It never looks the same. I don't mean to laugh, Mike, but it's a, <laughs> the once it's healed, you're talking about the, um, in the physical, but once you're healed, the emotional. Well, and you, we have emotional scars too. So yeah. our heart never looks the same, just like that scar never looks the same. But it's thicker, it's calloused, it can't get infected, and now it's a story of triumph. And that leads us to now you have to renew it. What do you have to renew? Well, you have to redeem your sorrow, which means you have to draw purpose from your pain. You see, so passionate about this one because this is where you realize that once you're healed, your pain was never about you. See, passion, how do you know if you're passionate about something? You're willing to suffer for it by default. If you are not willing to suffer for it, you are not passionate about it. And so I share that because of this right here. Passion, when it's rooted, when it's, when it's rooted in revenge, meaning you don't really heal, you just become bitter and infected in your heart. What'll happen is that bitterness, uh, I'm sorry, that, that passion will manifest as bitterness in other words passion is neutral it can lead you toward the path of bitterness but if your passion is rooted in restoration the result will be joy that scripture says that god forgets our sins but he remembers every single tear why 
because he promises to turn our sowing of tears into a harvest of joy. I believe that's what happens when you draw purpose from your pain. You become passionate, not about your restoration, because you've already been healed. You're scarred. You might yeah. be in pain. And just because you're still in pain doesn't mean you're not healed. One of the girls that survived was a 15-year-old girl named Devin Gonzalez. And I watched her play her first volleyball game over a year after surviving the collapse and losing her father in the collapse. She had a giant scar down her leg. And she has pain. She had a, a, a compound fracture uh, in her, in, in um, what's it called? Uh, the thigh bone, whatever it's called, the femur. Yeah. And it scarred and it, it, she still had pain, but she was healed. And sometimes, like I was watching Titanic the other day, and the grandma in the movie reminded me so much of my grandmother. And I started bawling to Titanic, not because yeah. I'm not healed, but I still feel yeah. pain because I, I remember. But it, it, that's the thing that pain, it won't drive you to bitterness, it'll drive you to passion. There is purpose in your pain, yeah. and that's addressing the fear. That once wow. you get to the other side of healing, that yeah. once you get through that fear, that's where you find the purpose and the pain. Thank you. Because healing Thank hurts. Thank you, Mike. I love that. I love that. And I think I think the best way I can uh, relate to that example with passion, think of all the parents out there and the grandparents who, you know, you put anything on the line for your kids, right? You really do. And that's, you're willing to work three jobs. You know, that, that's the way I can sort of relate to, to passion and you can use the, kind of the word suffering. It's not really suffering to me, but it is, you know, it's, a, it's like a drive. It comes from somewhere for the greater good of my children, for the greater good of, you know, the family or whoever your loved ones are, that passion. This is so helpful, Mike. I'm sorry we have to cut it short, but we have commercials that we got to be able to put into our show. Um, but thank you so much, everyone. This is Mike Noriga, the author of Uncollapsible Soul. How do you endure a broken heart? without crushing your spirit. Thanks, Mike. We're going to be back after the break, everyone, with my final words. So hang in there. Thank you, audience, for listening today. I, I'm sure there's a lot of tidbits in there. I know I got a lot of tidbits out of our conversation there with Mike on keeping that soul thriving. And I want to remind you that in my latest book, Energy in Action, I have what's called the rays of light. And I'm sharing this with you because I understand that sometimes when you have a crisis, it's not something that you feel comfortable talking about with a lot of other people, because maybe it's really private. Maybe it's about addiction. Maybe it's about, you know, just uh, other family members and and you're just like, yeah, you know, maybe I'm comfortable talking about it with a therapist, but not really comfortable talking about it with friends or even family members. And I, I totally get you on that. And I was really one of those people that for me, um, even though I wrote about it <laughs> and emotional detox, energy and action is is a great resource for you. And here's why it, it includes light learning how to work with light. And in that book, I talk about the spiritual laws of the universe. And these are universal laws. They don't belong to any particular religion. They weren't designed that way. But that light, that vibration is connected to 
very, very high vibrational divine beings of light. So however you see it. And so when you cultivate that light, and that's what energy in action teaches you how to do, teaches you how to process your emotions, because we do, we can't sweep them under the rug. Absolutely. We need to be able to acknowledge them and we need to be able to move them gently and kindly and compassionately. That light is like magic. It really is. And what I love about it, I was working with it today. I turned to my own book, Energy in Action, today. And here's the thing I noticed. I worked with one of those practices from the book this morning. And what I noticed is the energy lasts. It's kind of like taking an Advil and you have it for eight hours right? You feel this. That's what it feels like with the rays of light, which are in that book with me. I I go through that and I feel, and it's lasting. And the more I do it, the longer it lasts, the better it gets. And if it starts to wear off a little bit, I just give myself another dose, but I'm not taking anything folks. I'm truly just doing mindful approaches, which are in that book, Energy in Action, which you can find anywhere books are sold, Amazon and SherryAnnaBoyle.com. So I thought I would just throw that out there because I know there's some of you so that perhaps are isolating because you don't feel comfortable talking about it. Um, I hope that you do at least have one trusted source there. But I also think that your energy in action can be a wonderful support for you and or a family member. So that's it for today. Remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Join Sherrianna next time to continue this remarkable journey of discovering the amazing power of your emotions. Reach out to Sherrianna directly on SherriannaBoyle.com. Share your comments and ask your Just Ask Spirit questions. Until next time, remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.